Scooby. Ba da ba ba ba. Bad timing, Rob. Bad timing. <laughs> Are you guys ready to do this thing? Oh, we are so ready. We're all prepared. Ready. All right. Mission control. All right. Music playing. Building up to awesome intro. Welcome to the Coffee Theology and Jesus podcast. I am your host, uh, joined with my other co-host, Rob McMichael. Rob, who do we have on the podcast this week? We have a dear friend, a fellow family, a gr- beloved brother in Christ, <laughs> Russell. Palmer. Russell Cheers. Palmer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rob. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Russell, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Tim. Rob, I'm wondering how many more friends we can go through before we start repeating them. I thought about that. I'm like, are we going to run out of friends to have on this show? I don't know. Uh, I already ran out of friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are pretty introverted, so I would. He's resulted to family at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Russell, welcome. Thank you um, to, to the episode. Um, you said. Before we started recording, Russell, that you went to the to the Philly car show this weekend. Yeah, I went last night actually. Last night, closed it down till ten. Are you a big car guy? Are you into cars? Oh yeah, into cars. Yes, big time. Not big time. No. What kind of car do you drive? I don't go. Oh dear, that Here ruined it, it for me. You <laughs> just ruined it for me. Already car guy. Um, if I say the word Kia, will that just oh. destroy everything? Can I say I was desperate? Can I say I was desperate? Will I, I was desperate, and I still got a Nissan for under fifteen thousand. He was driving an Acura RSX for a while, so I at least can give him that. But oh, it was automatic. <laughs> but I, I, I totaled it in a really cool way. How did you total it? Uh, ice patch, uh, hydroplane. Okay. Spin around a few times on a major highway and um, hit a guardrail. Yeah, I guess that's that can count. But still, I mean, it was an Acura RSX. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, I'm I'm not a big car guy. I, I ride. I'm more of a motorcycle man myself. You know, I drive a Nissan Versa, so you can tell how much I love cars. You're a motorcycle man. Yes. Did you, you doesn't have a for sale sign on it. It does. Well, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting married. I'm getting married. I'm getting I, I need married. the funds. Hey, and, I just got married. That's why I got a Kia. Right. And see, for the record, my fiance didn't never brought that up. That this is all my idea to sell the motorcycle. No, she would I, never make me. I agree but, with you. Julia did the same thing. She didn't. I needed she didn't to even say it. I just right. I just knew it was time to sell it listen i need the cash flow i mean it, right. it's it's just that simple <laughs> I, don't, I i already don't know where this money for the wedding's going to come from so the least i can do is make some kind of effort and my motorcycle i can always get i can always get another one yeah that's what it comes down to yep well i had to make the decision i got married six months ago and i had to make a decision do i want a car payment or no car payment exactly no car payment i i, I can't blame you I, car payments uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a car payment right now. It's wonderful. I Cheers. have two car payments. But my car is also, uh, it's also 2007 with 212,000 miles on it. So, hey, I'm gaining on you. That's so, it. Yeah, so it's 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 starting to, to kind of creep up there. But hey, until then, knock on wood, I hope I don't have a car payment for a long time. So those those foreign cars, they tend to go forever anyway. That's true. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. But anyway, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Rob, what kind of coffee are we drinking today? Let, let's go ahead and talk about that. Isn't this the uh, Arabica? <laughs> yes, this is the Arabica coffee. Arabica coffee. You mean Arabica? No, no, Arabica. Oh, Arabica. Okay, yeah. some foreign blend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, from Arabia. Yeah. Now I take <laughs> I take my coffee black. Rob, how do you take yours? Oh, uh, mine is black as well. Russell. Oh, mine is basically a coffee milkshake at this point. <laughs> a coffee milkshake. All right. Well. Fair enough. He likes cream it's, and yeah. sugar. Don't don't knock sugar. Oh I love sugar. <laughs> it reminds me of the Office episode when Pam and uh, uh, Michael are out delivering whatever they're delivering, and she, Pam's like, "Michael, can I have a drink of your coffee?" And she takes a sip, and she's like, "Michael, is this just cream and sugar?" <laughs> <laughs> is that the episode where where they had where Michael started his own business? Yes. to compete with Dunder Mifflin <laughs> yeah. and hired Pam. As like his secretary, yeah, but they were yes. having to go around and do all the selling and then do all the delivering. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I am. Do you watch The Office a lot? Wait, you do. Julia doesn't. Yeah, Julia had like never seen it. But I came over the other day and we threw a few episodes on. Did she? Did did, did she enjoy oh, it? Oh, she loved it. That show is my all time, I think, favorite show because it's so rewatchable. Do you watch The Office, Russell? No. Have you ever watched The Office? I've seen a couple episodes. Oh man. Yeah. 
it is it is such a great show. I have it in, in, in my break room at work. We don't have uh, Wi-Fi down there right now. So we all brought a bunch of movies to kind of keep us occupied. So I brought down The Office Season 4. That thing is on repeat down at that break room. <laughs> I'm so sick of it, but I, yet I can still keep watching it and still laugh every time. So anyway, it's a hilarious show. I recommend it. It's a great show to start binge watching because there's nine seasons of it, but they're only about a half hour each, and it's hilarious. My binge watching list right now is jacked up on Amazon Prime right now. I got so many things, and Jess, Jess, my wife never grew up watching TV, so was she homeschooled? N- no, she oh. just she never had time for it. Never was interested uh, in movies. There's so one many of movies those. out there. Yeah, I have to introduce yeah, her yeah. to one of those elitist. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, too good for us, us yes. common folk down here yes. with TVs. We have quite a long list of things that we have to introduce her to. However, Goonies, you know, some classics that we have to get through on movies. Mighty side. Ducks 1, 2, and 3. However, Tim and I are in blank check. Tim and I are both in the camp where we didn't have cable TV growing up right, either. Right. Well, that, that's why <laughs> when I discovered Netflix, that's all I started doing with my life. I'm like, wait, I can, this is this is out there? I had no idea. So it was it was great. Um, well, good to know, Russell, that your wife is, you know, super smart and we're just super dumb and stupid. Yeah, we just have mush for brains. Mush for brains. Mush for brains. Uh, homeschooled life, huh, Rob? I was only homeschooled one year. Hey, that counts. Yeah, I guess Once so. a homeschooler, always a homeschooler. <laughs> yep, public right. school, let's rock. All right, yeah, heathen over there. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Uh, my favorite new, but not so new anymore segment, Christians in the News. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay, so... <laughs> no, 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 it was it was different. Than you were a little comments. off, but it was close enough, all right? Uh, so I found another piece of positive news, um, if you can believe it. Wow, Tim. I know. I'm, amazing. I'm, I think that you've gotten saved recently. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> no, if you look at my Facebook, I definitely have not. I, I Even I admit I've been a little over the top of the political banter, but I just, I'm sorry. I can't help it. Anyway. <laughs> Donald Trump. All right, all right. Listen, we, we I promise I would not get political on this episode. I'm just moving along. But that's like why I'm here. Person. That's why I'm here. Okay. Um... <laughs> So there was a church, a church uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel, Nobel. Mm. Yes, a noble. Uh, oh, it's a noble. <laughs> a noble for the Peace Prize. It's kind of like again Michael Scott when um, in the Fun Run episode, and Pam's going through this whole list of like the you know um, the program yeah. race for the cure. <laughs> yeah. and, and he, he comes on, he's like for the cure. That's what it reminds me of. Anyway, so there's a church that was nominated. Um, it was the church that had a shooting in it. I think it maybe about, maybe about a year and a half ago, maybe maybe a year ago now, down in North, and I believe North Carolina, it was South Carolina. I think it was Charleston, South Carolina. Right? Yes, Charleston. Sorry. Yeah. And someone came in and during a Bible study and shot, started shooting and killed someone. Um, it was terrible. It was a horrible thing. Um, but members from the church went to his, uh, I guess his trial and one by one they went up to him and they told him that they forgave him. And it was a really powerful display of grace and just things that Jesus talks about that I think a lot of us, including myself, really have a hard time actually doing. Um, but to see a church respond to that in the public spotlight, I thought was was awesome. But it turns out that that we weren't the only ones who took note and that they were actually nominated, which I think is awesome. So I thought that was a great segment for Christians in the News. Uh, I believe right? so. Right? That's a yeah. good one. That's Russell? a very good one. I, I'm I, glad they hear something more positive. This is the yes. second week in a row, I, I know. think. I'm really trying to step it up here. You know, I mean... He's- He's turned over a new league. Uh, new well, league? just for this week. Who knows? It is a new year. so. But at least that church, you know, they, they proved something, you know, to show that they're worth the Nobel Peace Prize as opposed to one of the previous presidential candidates or presidents that <clears throat> got the Peace Prize and didn't oh, even have you anything hear, do you hear this to show for it. Too? This kid comes on my show. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? I'm Your sorry. Show. Our whoa. show. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll edit hey, that Jordan, out. Hey, Jordan, we're going to beat him next time. <laughs> he comes on our show, starts talking smack. About political nonsense here. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm Is there some sense to that? Wait. Being Having done something before you're nominated anyway, for a Nobel Peace Prize, I'm, I'm not going down this discussion. <laughs> I'm not going there. I can't. Because no, we're going to no, hijack no. this whole episode. No, yeah, we can't. It, it, it can't happen. For those that are, for those that are listening, uh, I do want to make it a point, but I texted Rob after I listened to the last podcast, and I said, Tim was a lightweight on this last episode. Where's the controversy? What's going on? This is Christian dating. Where's the, where's the attitude, the spunk? I miss it. Can I host one of these? Who knew where it would lead? <laughs> and so, here he is. <laughs> This poor kid. He has no clue what he's walking into. <laughs> anyway, so that was my episode. That was my little my, my little segment for this uh, this week. Christians in the news. 
Christians get nominated for the Peace Prize. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's an awesome thing. All right. Good. I'm Let's move it. in. Now, Russell, I'm glad you're here, Russell, because after we had what I thought, Rob, was one of our better episodes, regardless of all the technical difficulties, I right. thought it was definitely one of the more engaging ones. Uh, you told me that Russell ended up texting you and made a point to say that, you know, hey, we might have missed some points about dating. Right? Yeah. So, Russell, I've given you a chance now before the world. To, right. to go ahead and, and talk about, you know, you listened to, to last week's podcast mm-hmm. and you had some thoughts about it. So what were some of those thoughts? I mean, for, and for those of you who, who did not listen to last week, last week we really talked about um, dating um, as Christians, especially more kind of like dating with a sense of, of, of purpose and passion. Yeah, moving um, into yeah. engagement and marriage. Yes, yeah, dating with intent. And we had Robin, uh, we had Julia, and we had Sarah on, mm-hmm. uh, my fiance and your wife, Rob, and we kind of were able to discuss about what the process process has looked like for us in the past and what we learned from it, right? That was the episode. Yeah. And this is this is uh, now the third episode and kind of like a mini-series that we're doing around, I would say, uh, just dating and marriage and sexuality as Christians and how we deal with that in the world. So, so Russell, uh, you listened to last week's episode, and go ahead. You, you have the floor. I thought that uh, the last episode was really good. Um, being close friends with Rob and Julia, I kind of get to relive their dating experience all over again. But I just felt like the whole episode was about what life is like after being married. There's so many episodes of, oh, this is what happens when you get married. This is what we do now. This is how we do now. And I'm like, hmm. So I was going through the podcast thinking, man, well, where's the where's the before marriage Christian dating complexities coming into this? I didn't hear any like the things that I struggled with. I'm like, this is what I listened for. I wanted to know what am, what am, what am I going to do now? But um, I reflected back on my own dating experiences and I'm like, man, I, I needed Jesus just like a lot of these other, <laughs> just like these guys did a lot sooner than I realized. Um, so that was just one thing that I was kind of concerned about. I was like, it's all about marriage. So, so all right. So that that that's fine. Let's so let's back up then. Let's go back to to the Christian dating idea of dating. I guess intently is that what we're talking about here? Uh, yeah, I like that. That was a good word. All right. So so dating with some kind of intention. It might not work out the way that maybe we thought it would in the beginning when you date someone. But the point is that you're looking for what's the next step going to be at some point. Right. You know, what do you think then is one of the biggest challenges for Christians who are doing that? In our culture. Well, right now, it's what society thinks is right and what's wrong. Okay. And back when, you know, I was a teenager, you know, that's when we all said we kind of started dating. Some of us had serious relationships. Some did not. I was being called out for dating too much. And when you're getting called out for things, it makes you really reflect. Like, okay, I had a, maybe I dated a few girls, but I thought that as one of the views that the other podcast was like, oh, you date, you know, to learn more, you know, and then you, you take that on to the next relationship. And then you take that lesson and move it on to the relationship after that. But you never talked about boundaries of like, is it okay? When is it okay to hold hands? I thought it was going to get really specific. Is it okay to do this? Is it not okay to do this as Christians? And that's where there's so many gray areas today that people just, they just give up putting barriers. They put up walls and it's either black or white, right, wrong. And those gray areas, I thought it was all, I thought it was all going to be about these gray areas and be solved. And I was really excited. Are you talking about like gray areas when it comes to like physical boundaries or emotional boundaries? I mean, I think the the big elephant in the room for sure when it comes to to dating as a whole, but especially in Christian context is the physical aspect Mm -hmm. just because of, um, how intimate that that can be and what that you know how to, how that can really bond you to someone without you even realizing it mm-hmm. so are you saying that you think that you know so so kind of expound on that for me here russell i mean are you saying that when you were dating in your okay. teens and in, in 20s and stuff that you had a hard time finding finding those boundaries or that you yeah. knew what the boundaries were you just didn't care about them i found it a hard thing to apply the the christian values that i was raised to do appropriately and respectfully to the woman I was dating one <laughs> and to God I just I kind of was like I justified things that to make it sound good and that's what I think a lot of people do now is like oh well what is the true definition of sex okay it's pretty black and white we know what sex is did I even did I justify it and continue to do it yes I was stupid and learned from my wrong ways you know but it doesn't mean I went back and did it again but you got to repent you got to know and I don't think people now think that what we thought was wrong back then they don't think it's wrong now they yeah i mean now did, did you grow up a church kid your whole life yeah yeah so so did i, I. instead of rob you did as well right mostly yeah. so so russell when it came to growing up in the church how much of that do you think 
like impacted the way that you viewed those things? Because I, I don't think any kid in the church does doesn't not know like where the church stands on those issues. Mm-hmm. Yet I agree with you. I mean, it's pretty rampant that most kids are not waiting to have sex before mm-hmm. marriage. Most are oh, yeah. most have no problem doing that. Um, yet they still know like where the church and even where you know where God would stand on that. Yet they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. What do you think is contributing to a lot of those issues? Well, I grew up in a very active youth group. A lot of my peers, we all stuck together. We all were goody two shoes, basically. We just, that's what we did. I learned most of my what not to do from my family and my sister, who was kind of the rebellious one. You know, we were all raised in church, but she was the rebellious one. So everything she would do, I just said, all right, I'm not going to do that. And we're going to see where this takes me. And so I played it safe for so long. Then when I got out on my own, it's kind of like, I was already over 18 at this point. I'm kind of like figuring out now's my chance to live. So all those church values I had, now is the chance to either apply them or to justify them. I chose to justify them. Yeah. you're, And you really are the common story. Your story is the mm-hmm. common story. Most kids that I know in youth group that or that I knew in youth group are not walking with the Lord. Or if they are now, they weren't for the past seven or eight years. They only mm-hmm. came back more recently. Very few that I know, as I think about it, did not consistently kind of keep their faith active on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, like you said, they grew up in the church, and I grew up in, in a pretty tight youth group as well. Um, they kind of get out on their own. They go to you know a non-Christian college or even a Christian college, mm-hmm. um, and they discover, wow, mom and dad aren't <laughs> aren't supervising me, aren't chaperoning me. I don't have to go home tonight. <laughs> right. I don't have to go home tonight. Right. I have a dorm to... Uh, to myself, okay, what do I do with this, right? I am i don't, well, I think I have uh, some opinions, but as far as like what leads to that, that's where I'm the most concerned because it's not that kids aren't churched. I mean, you look up the statistics. Most kids mm-hmm. at some point have been inside of a church building or part of a church something, a church event, a church outreach, a church, whatever it is. So the issue isn't that, is that, isn't that people aren't a part or, or aren't, you know, participating in this, the issue has got to be something deeper because no matter how you look at the numbers, we're still seeing more and more teenagers, more and more young adults who are Christians not having problems with cohabitation, not having problems with having sex before marriage, not having problems with going out and partying. That mm-hmm. to them, it's it's not, it's not, it's not out of step of, it's not hypocritical for them to do that in their minds, even mm-hmm. though biblically speaking, it's pretty black or white why those things aren't healthy for a person, let alone a yeah. Christian. And this could be another topic for another podcast, but in youth groups today, I mean, there's a big struggle between let's do things that are fun versus let's let's learn about Christ and let him work from the inside out today. You know, there's, there's a big pull in the way that um, the kids nowadays date and see these things and they just come to have fun now and bring they bring their friends to have fun rather than be in the word every day. And, and they're not being trained to do the fundamentals anymore. And I think that's going to lead to a lifetime's worth of, of Christ-like living and dating. It's all going to follow and stem from that with a purpose. Would, would you say, um, not sure how to exactly phrase this, but I see in evangelicalism today that churches are immediately discipling people that walk through the doors despite what their beliefs are. So if you walk in, you sat through a sermon, oh, now you have to go to discipleship classes. Well, you can't disciple someone that doesn't know Christ. You can't make a follower of Christ of someone that has never come into that personal relationship with him. And where I'm seeing kind of a disconnect between people that grew up in the church and then uh, they get the freedom and they uh, go off to college and they're, they're living a life that is completely different from what Christ would have us to live is because they've been discipled without ever knowing who they're being discipled to. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, I mean, 100 percent. It's we we grew up in we grew up in religion without the relationship. And right. That's super cliche, but it's really true because very true. If you you can be a good Christian kid, you can do all the right things. You can go to church, you can be a part of the church body, you can go to youth group, you can even become a leader as a as an eighteen year old in the church and still not know Jesus. Like people don't understand that just because you're part of a church body doesn't mean that you're automatically 
in a personal relationship with Jesus, that you know the Holy Spirit, that he exactly. knows who you are. Exactly. And that's a humongous thing because the church culture that we grew up in, I think, although well-intended, I get why they want, I get why people told, told me to wait before or, uh, you know, wait to have sex before marriage. I get why people told me partying is not a good idea. I get why people told me it's not a good idea to smoke marijuana. I, I, I get those things, right? How long, I, I really how long did it take you to get that? <laughs> right. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I understand that, but there was never a focus of like, hey, do you really know Jesus? It was more of just, well, did you ask Jesus into your heart? Which also, by the way, is not in scripture. You oh, know, that drives did, me nuts. Did you pray a prayer and ask Jesus to, into your heart? Oh, you did? Oh, you're a Christian now. It, it, it was, and I guess it's difficult because how do you measure that? How do you quantify someone's relationship with Jesus? Right. I mean, how do you really say, yes, this person clearly has that because people can do good things and still not know Jesus. So I, I understand why, why, why we measure certain things the way we do because they're easier to measure oh little johnny goes to church every sunday he must be a christian as opposed to oh little johnny knows jesus yeah but how you measure that is so different and that's i think that's why i kind of grew up in that atmosphere accidentally of more religion than jesus because they were so focused on are the youth group kids being good if they go on youth retreats are the boys and girls not in the same same room together too late you know it became that's, a checklist right it was this checklist of like what not to do I, I guess, was fortunate where I never really had this huge like rebellion stage. I kind of rebelled deeper into the faith. I started reading it and being like, wait, we're missing so much. I, I went the opposite direction, but I understand why people go the, the other direction of, well, now that no one's watching me, I am going to sleep around. I am going to do these things because now I finally can. Tim and I won't became get a it. super Christian. I became, yeah, super holy Christian, you know. <laughs> I mean, but you, does that make sense, though? Why? Why are you laughing at me? I I thought of a comment that I'm not going to say. Well, <laughs> okay, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to. But 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 back when it comes to dating, you know, like when it comes to Christian dating, I just think we don't hold people accountable. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, I I have known people who claim to be Christians who had no problem moving in together. What? What? Why? How? Where? And I get it. I get the temptation. I get it. I'm engaged. It would make so much. It would make life so much easier just to move in with Sarah, period. It would just be easier. But it's Ooh. not correct. So it's not the way that I believe God has intended us for us, us to live together. We're not in covenant. We never stood before God and said, I'm committing to you forever. And until that happens, we don't have a right to be in that part of each other's life yet. Right. But other people who claim to be Christians have no problem doing that. I don't understand because to me it's like, listen, if you don't want to be a Christian, that's okay. I'm not going to call you out if you don't want to hold to those beliefs. That's fine. But if you're going to hold to those beliefs, what are you going to be held to? What kind of standard or what kind of accountability do you want in your life? This is the perfect time for a Philly Auto Show analogy right here. <laughs> okay. I was told that um, doing this cohabitation and uh, further activities was kind of like going car shopping. Are you saying sex? Yes, I'm saying sex. Okay, then. there we said it. Okay, we said it. There we said it. Now, when you go to um, the auto dealership, and you're going to look at Ford Pintos or Ford Fiestas, you may want to take that for a test drive. But if you're going to buy a Ferrari, do you really need to know that it works when you're buying a Ferrari? You don't have to take a Ferrari for a test drive. So if you got something of quality, you don't need to take it for a test drive. Let me ask you a question, by the way. I've heard that analogy before of like the whole test drive thing. Isn't it another guy who usually tells you that? Never a girl. Never a girl. It's only people with penises who like to say that. Because you know why? They want to sleep around. Oh, That's why. Absolutely. That's why. I've had guys Women. who are not Christians who are like, listen, you need to test drive the cars, man. That's just an excuse to get to get in whoever whoever's pants you want to <laughs> under the t- pretense of, I got to test drive it first. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding it's the me? the same ones that cohabitate. And, we, you know, we got to learn to know each other first. Well, like, you haven't already made the commitment to move in with them. You don't know them enough already. You know, I have a really good friend. Actually, I think I told you about Jesse, my friend Jesse. I mentioned him Which before. Which one? Um, well, I don't want to say his last name, but, um, you don't have to say his last name, but which, what does he live here? He lives here. Well, he lives in California now, Okay. but he's not a Christian, but we've been, we've been friends for a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've had a lot of good conversations because we're so opposite, but there's a lot of respect. And one time he asked me that he's like, dude, he's like, you just have to test drive the car. And I said, well, I said, let me put it this way for you, Jesse. If you don't know God, I understand why why you would say that. I get it. Because you don't know. You don't know if this person is the right one or if you're compatible physically, quote unquote. But as a Christian, I have to trust that God can write a better story than I can write. So I have to trust that if he puts someone in my life, 
that I really think he, you know, he's calling me to marry, that he obviously knows me better than I know myself. And the question I have to answer is, do I trust God enough with my life in that regard? He had no answer for me. Because it, it makes sense, you right. know, and that's the, that that is the point of the Christian. As a Christian, do you really trust that God can write a better story for your life than you can write? Amen. That's and, rubber meets the road. And it's funny because as Christians, we we trust God with our eternity. Where I'm going to be for eternity, I trust God with that I'll be in heaven and I won't be in hell because Christ paid for my sins. But I didn't trust him enough to make me with a girl <laughs> it, right it doesn't make any sense right so you'll trust him with eternity but with your love life he's not really that good at that yeah, I'm, right. better, I'm better than you right. are you know? right yeah god i know you think you know what you're doing but i think i know better you know <laughs> yeah no absolutely i i i could agree with you more um i think the other side of that not even other side but another aspect of that is when you have People who drop the God card really quick, like, oh, I think God's just calling me to date this person. It's like, dude, there there is so much. There are so many red flags over this situation that – and even biblical evidence as to why you shouldn't be with this person right now. But you think that because, quote, unquote, God is telling you that it's a good idea, that also kind of – you know, and I – I think I've been that. I think at some point we've all been that person. We've all yeah. dropped the God card. I think, I think at some yeah. point, like God, is that a green light? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a green light. You know, automatically, I must and, date this person. And I've used it to my advantage. Oh, poorly. of course, of course. Yes, of yes. course. Oh yeah, definitely. Hey, I know we've been making out for the past week, but <laughs> uh, oh, no. but God, uh, God says we're not mated together, so Absolutely. we can't do this. You know, you know. And next funny. week with the other girl, <laughs> yeah. I think about the uh, the commandment: don't take the Lord. You know. God's name in vain is that like taking his name in vain oh absolutely think about that you know like people say well don't say oh my god that's taking his name in vain but I think dropping his name when he's like I didn't say that <laughs> is pretty in much in vain you know like hey listen God told me and God's like up in heaven no no I didn't no, no. you're a liar <laughs> liar you know he's just like screaming at you yeah, absolutely. yeah I, I, I think I dropped that and I, I think in the moment I was well intentioned for me like when I really thought I heard something or from God or that God was leading a certain way, I really I really believed it. But I think as I think about that now, I was more just clouded by bad judgment and just by like what I wanted. Um, thank God he closed the door. There were a lot of doors that he closed. Like, mm-hmm. thank goodness. There were right. so many doors that he closed. I look back on now and I'm like, thank you for closing these doors because I'd be miserable right now, you know, compared to where I am now and who I'm with. But you you hear it all the time where people finally walk away from a situation, then the door opens. You know, you had to close all those wrong doors like you said. But there's so many stories, even with my wife too, when she shut all the doors to the bad things and started following Christ, boom, that's when she met her husband. And we didn't know. We we despised each other at the time. And I had to put away some things myself too. We were like, we are not each other's type. God, don't give me the green light. Don't give me the green light, God. Oh, gosh, thanks, God. You just gave me the green light. Yeah, I used the God card, but right away we were both were like, no, this isn't the right one. And then once we said, all right, God, fine. We'll give it a shot. And now you fight all the time and have a horrible marriage. No, we love each other. Okay, good. And have a wonderful marriage. <laughs> I was just testing you and you passed. Oh, thank so. you, thank you. I think one of the... Uh, yeah, there there were several I can think of that I'm, I, I thank Jesus for that I did not end up permanently <laughs> with. Jesus. Yeah, one... one. I, all I would say is this. It's a true story and this is kind of crazy, but it's true. Um, one later went on to become an adult film star. Yep. Interesting. It got really quiet in here. <laughs> yeah. I, what yep. do you say? I mean, yep. um. Yep. I don't know how, but I found out later on in life, many years. I'm like, wow. Like, we, God, sh- thank you. Like, Rob, should we congratulate that? him? I, no, I, I don't know. congratulate him. <laughs> oh, no. okay. Okay. It was one of those no. things where it was um, just like, God, thank you for closing. Con- yeah. This congratulations for walking away is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. I I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> and for the record, we, we, we never really dated or anything. It, just, it never worked out. But, you know, hindsight, of course, you're looking back and you're like, wow, now I can understand why. It would never have worked ever, you know, living like that. So, so Russell, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I am. Um, you still it. <laughs> you, you mentioned, going back in our conversation a little bit, you mentioned um, that you were one that would justify certain actions. Um, and I just kind of want to walk through your mindset at that point and then... At what point did it change to be 
something else where you weren't justifying anymore. You were saying, no, actually, I was wrong. At kind of the mindset shift there. Mine shifted. It was after college, so I was probably mid-20s living up here in New Jersey. Um, I guess your mother and father-in-law really just kind of, you know, befriended me, took me in as their own. And I learned a whole new way of living for Jesus really at that point. And, um, their accountability over me really just sunk in. Dating had a whole new meaning and a whole new purpose. And even when I first moved up here, I dated a couple people and they're like, really Russell? Really? And I mean, I just knew right away. I was like, all right, something's not right here. I need to figure out what it is. So it was mid mid twenties before it ever sunk in for me. And I would justify many things little as, you know, Oh, I could, I could offer this girl friendship that her boyfriend's not giving her. And that worked many times. And it was so easy because I just, I just knew, I knew I was better and I was confident and conceited <laughs> and I had to get over that too. But it was, it wasn't until I got up here to New Jersey of, of leaving the South, God's good country, the oh Bible belt gosh. before yeah, I realized that, belt, that loves Trump yeah. and Cruz. There, I said it, Rob, I said it. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it, it. I had to come to the Northeast to figure it out, but um, I didn't realize how lukewarm I was until I Did met somebody who was hot. Did you as Christian all those years? Definitely. Mm. Except, I actually, I did not get, I did not profess my faith until I was um, 18, and I got baptized at 18, and I didn't really start walking until five years later. It took that much of a period for me to really kind of take when, effect. And when you were up here, was it kind of a, an immediate change where... All right, I see all of these things are wrong. I'm not going to justify anything anymore. Or was it kind of a, a gradual thing that the Lord started working things out as kind of like a one-by-one, one, or was it an immediate, okay, now I'm done? Um, i got to say it was more immediate because my, one of my previous exes, which kind of has the same name as my wife, so it's kind of easy to know. Anyway, um, I kind of learned a lot, but we tried our best to follow the guy because we were going to church together as much as we could, but still something you knew just wasn't quite right. But we actually followed what I what we thought was the best guidelines. We stayed pure, we didn't cohabitate. You do all these checklist items, you know, we thought we were being good. And but over two years later after dating, I mean it was a long time we dated, thinking that this might be the one, this might be the one, your twenties, you're thinking this might be the one. That wasn't the one. And there came a point when you had to realize it and you had to say something. So it was kind of that whole relationship was a transition, but also a stop. That's when I wanted to make it right. So that was the most serious relationship I had ever been in up until this point. So for me, it was kind of both. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, I'm trying to think about, so, so you were, you were, I mean, you were with her for two years, you said this other girl, um, more than that, two and a half. Okay. And so you're. So pretty much like you tried to do all the right things. Yeah, exactly. Do all the right things on paper. Work out for some reason. You know, you, know, you, you stay pure, quote unquote. And, we, yeah, know, we started. Cohab even, didn't cohabitate yeah. and all those things. We even took like pre-marriage pre like counseling too, just to kind of say, because that's one thing I believe in this thing, pre-marriage counseling, before you ever ask somebody to marry you. That's one of the best things you could ever do. My advice to listeners or anybody else, take a marriage counseling before you even get engaged because I told Rob this too. I said, you know, you don't choose to marry somebody the day you're standing there saying I do. You chose to marry them the day you asked them to marry you. Right, that's right. that's when your love became unconditional. Right. So that that point on, there's no other discussion about breaking up. No matter what you what you happen to go through through your engagement, you're going to live it out. How did you know that that it wasn't going to work out with the other person. Like what? When did you finally oh, say, gosh. "Okay, this is <laughs> Rob just, can answer this"? This one. is just not going to work. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, in under an hour and a half. Under under, under yeah. an hour and a half. In, in one short line, that I realized I was acting more like her father than I was her, you know, her dating or her future uh, spouse. Yeah. And I was taking more care of a person than than enjoying life and living with them and it just was not healthy yeah i think what what me personally noticed in that relationship was that you guys weren't nothing wrong about either one of you but you both wanted to change things in the other person instead of was, instead of accepting them right yeah. Whereas when you walk into marriage, you're saying, I accept you as you are. That's tough, though. Oh, definitely. I have to catch myself with Sarah mm -hmm. now. I'm sure she has. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Sarah is like just 
so unconditional towards me, and I'm like so not conditional, <laughs> unconditional towards her. That's because so we're guys. Yeah, but there are times where I'm like, ah, maybe one day she'll change. And I'm like, I have to catch myself. I'm like, but maybe one day she'll change. Wait a second. I have to accept this now because this is who she is. And if she changes one day, that's fine. But if not, I have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I can really see more than ever how people can kind of wish like for that change to happen, and then maybe it never happens, and they kind of grow bitter because – it's easy to kind of pick apart someone that you know really well. It, mm-hmm. It's really easy. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Sarah can pick out any of my flaws at any point really easily and vice mm-hmm. versa. But if you're not willing to accept those and kind of just love someone through them, I can understand how you would get pretty bitter real quick. Right. Real quick. Now, when I was, you know, dating my wife, we both had checklists. And we knew we wanted in a person. And we both had a type. I mean, I don't know if do you guys have types, how something that you've always kind of gone back to. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought I did until I met Sarah. Bingo. Yeah. Did you? Same thing. We've always had a type, but it wasn't until Jess and I took that list, crumpled it up, threw it away, yeah. burned it, whatever, and said, you know what, God? You're my type. Basically, you're saying you're my type now. Right. I need to find somebody who's emulating you and then show me the type I should be having. We had to give up our types. Yeah, you know? exactly. And. There was I a girl I, I dated yeah. a few years ago that on paper was my type. You know, I Bingo. mean, musician, real, real outgoing personality, blonde hair, just even like all those kinds of like little things, you know. And we dated and it just didn't, it did not work. Like it did not work. We probably dated for about maybe four or five months tops. It was a complete disaster. It wasn't, we didn't end like on terrible terms or anything, but we just knew like this is not working, even though on paper, Everything matched up the way I think I thought it would have. Did she put milk in her coffee? Uh, I don't know. I don't think she drank coffee. <gasps> yeah, I, I, I know. If it is who I'm thinking of, it I never saw her drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. But then when I met Sarah, know. you know, Sarah. First off, Sarah has brown hair, which is just, it's something simple. But I was never really. Oh, I was. You know, I, was I was so never, into blondes. Me too. I just <laughs> redheads. Redhead. Hey, women. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really like. I, I would naturally kind of default to usually someone with blonde hair. So dating Sarah, even on like that level of like hair color, was was kind of out of was not normal for me. You know, Sarah's more. She's she's quieter. She thinks more introverted. Uh, she's more detailed. You know, she has. You know, she's musical. But she's more she's more artistic with the painting. Something that I would never really have thought of is like a match for me, you know. But you know what I realized is that she's really a break to my gas pedal, which is why it works so well. Aww. Because if we had two gas pedals, we'd probably, oh, try, we'd me, probably we, run off a cliff. We'd, we'd be at the Philly the Auto Lord. Show right now. Yeah, exactly. We thank the Lord for Sarah every day. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm glad. I thank her. I thank the Lord for her too. Yeah, she she reels me in more than not, you know. But I need someone like that. I do. <laughs> your, Could you your imagine Facebook status the other day? Which one? Where the top comment was Sarah, and it was oh. just Tim. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't help these things. She gave me a long pep talk, and she, she talked me <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> she did. She's like, I just want to help you. Um, it's kind of like the Hulk, when the Hulk gets calmed down by... Uh, by, what's what's the in uh, Avengers Black 2? Widow or by Black Widow. Yeah. That's what it's like, pretty oh, much. It's yeah. like I'm just ready to throw something, and Sarah's like, "Tim, I need you to calm down." I'm like, "Okay, I'll calm it's down." Broly for you. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like that. But anyway, point is though, is that I understand you have to throw your list away. Absolutely, we. I had to throw mine in the trash, and I had to make. I had to find that that the list I thought I I wanted was not at all what I was designed to have. That's that was my biggest learn was that again, God knew me better than I knew me. Who knew? You know, what, 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 what a shocker, you know, that the guy who made me actually knows me better than I know myself. But who he had for me was such a better fit than anyone I could have possibly have imagined. I'm grateful for it. And to qualify those things, I think we, we all did still have a list, but it was not, okay, she has to have blonde hair. Right. Okay, she yeah. has to be this tall. Right. She has to have this type of personality. And it right. became, she has to love God. Right. More than she loves me. Right. She has to... You know, read her Bible. She has to be involved in spiritual things. Right. And that's when, for me, I would imagine for both of you, Mm -hmm. it got flipped upside down and we were like, oh, I'm going after the wrong type of people here. Yeah, I think number one on my list was can she cook? Is she good (laughs) at making a sandwich? Which Julia worked at Wawa. She makes a mean sandwich. Julia worked at Wawa? Yes, she did. Oh. I have never and tapped she into those at, sandwich wait, skills. What's the what's the sandwich the uh, hoagie place down in uh, Liberty? She worked there too. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. Go, go figure. The Jersey girl in yeah. Virginia yeah, working at Jersey hilarious. Mike's. Um, you want a sandwich? I'll go get her. No, hey, why can't that is <laughs> listeners out there? We are just kidding. For the record, wait. Actually, are you voting for Trump? Makes sense. Oh, it all makes sense. Oh no. Do you think I'm voting for Trump? <laughs> not, you don't vote. You don't well, vote. Then. I can't, I can't for that podcast. Uh, I, I please invite me to that the podcast. Christian who doesn't vote. Please. Actually, I'm yes. not voting this year either. I have determined. Zing. Stop. There's, there's no I am the to, only one here there's that's no going to vote. vote for. Who are you going to vote for? Hillary Clinton, LOL. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> bigger LOL. And then Cruz or Trump? Come on. Christy, Rubio. man. Christy. <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Rob McMichael. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna write me in. Yeah, I'm going to write, write him in. Rand well, Paul's out now, right? He, 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 yeah, he, he's, he, out, he's out. So Santorum's out. Um, rumors of Ben Carson dropping out. Wait, so. Santorum was in? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> no, but he just endorsed a Rubio. Bad yeah, move. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Bad move. <laughs> yeah. Poor Rubio. Rubio's going to tank. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back on Now point. we're back to... Yeah, <laughs> back to politics, right? Um, anyway, I... Yeah, I, I understand, Russell, what you're saying, man. I, the, the list mentality's got to go. It's got to be tossed out. But here's a question I kind of want to talk about for a second before we you know, kind of move on. I... Okay, this is going to sound really bad. <laughs> well, thanks for the qualifier. I'm going yes. to preface it by saying that, that. Do you almost... Okay, like given, given our current social norms, here's, here's our current social norm. Our current social norm is that you, when you become a teenager, you have all these raging hormones, but you can't do anything because you don't really get married until like your mid to late 20s. So you have to keep all these you know, hormones inside of you and not do anything with them. And hopefully you, you can wait to have sex before you're married. Do you think that's kind of like – like what I'm saying is do you think God almost has more grace for people who don't keep it in their pants until they're married because of like how our social climate is is structured? Because there is pornography everywhere. There is a sex-addicted culture everywhere. I can't look – I can't walk down the mall like the, like the mall without seeing girls in like their bikinis and underwear all over the freaking place. And then I don't get married till I'm 27. 27. <laughs> I've missed like 14 years 31. of 31. prime lovemaking. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say it. But look how many years you have ahead of you for right. prime lovemaking. I, I'm under. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, yeah, I'm but saying, your prime is 25. Right. I'm degrading. I'm downgrading right now. You're already on the downslope, and it's a slippery slope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Do you understand like what I'm saying? Do you think that, that there's like an extra amount of grace that God kind of understands why a lot of Christians have a hard time waiting before marriage? I mean, so to go into Romans and, you know, that's my favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> and you got, uh, you got right. Paul who says, so then what? Do we sin more so that grace will abound? Yes. God forbid. <laughs> I think you have the wrong translation there. <laughs> yeah. I think you were me- reading the message. <laughs> I was just going to say that. If you read the message, it says, yes, yes, you definitely should. <laughs> no, obviously it doesn't say that. But I, it, And I think that should be um, put up against the fact that those were people that were saying, oh, man, we're free from, from the penalties of sin. Then we should sin more so that... God's grace is more. I'm not saying and that. And I know you're not saying okay, that. Okay, good. Which is why I'm kind of hedging that statement around. If people have that attitude, then, yeah, that's that's horrible. And that they're not going right. to have the grace that they think they have. But in, your, in what you're saying is the people that are giving into temptation, maybe because of societal pressures or peer pressures or whatever it is, and then they come later to realize, oh, man, I was really wrong. I think there is uh, an amount of grace and forgiveness that you experience that is greater than if you would have just sat in your room and prayed for you know twenty six years straight. Well, that's from the receiving end. I think that that's the human part of it. I I believe you know God's grace is e- equivalent throughout the entire right. time. It's just the way that we perceive that grace is right. greater at that point. So. I all I'm saying is that. It's really difficult in this culture. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. I mean, our smartphones, you type in the wrong word, you're in trouble. Automa- I mean, it happens, right, where something just pops up. Heck, on Facebook, I'm hiding more and more people's p- 
post. Oh, absolutely. More than ever. Because I just I, – I'm like, wait, this is on my Facebook feed. Whatever it is. Things that I just don't need in my head, right? So what I'm, what I'm saying is like I can understand the Christian struggle big time in the sexual realm more so than ever in this day and age because of what's accessible to us. I, I sent Rob an email after last podcast talking about what it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And it was an article I came across. I can't remember if it was in The Week or whatever I came across. And it was about kids turning, or, or you know, teenagers, turning to porn yes. as an outlet to abstain from sex. And, you know, you're trading one pleasure for another. And I was, like, reading in, this and I'm like... In my opinion, a more dangerous one. Oh, definitely. At least sex with another human is real. Like, at least, like, it's, it sets a realistic expectation. Yeah. But pornography sets the complete opposite out, like, ridiculous, unattainable mm-hmm. expectation. And it literally, scientifically, rewires your brain for how you perceive sex. Like, it's right. a major problem. It can be very damaging. Completely. In fact, there are a lot. There are more and more studies now coming out, and we're gonna get into this on our next episode, Rob, when we have Michelle on. Right. Um, but there are more and more studies coming out that are saying that young men and women, but uh, mainly young men, are having serious sexual problems in the real world because either they're not aroused by their partner anymore, or men are coming in to doctors' offices saying that that they're struggling with like with, with being like premature because mm-hmm. they're watching these porn videos that go for so long that are of course edited and all fake but they expect to go like that and when they don't they think that something's wrong with them it's like well no nothing's wrong with you you just think that what you're watching is real even though it's not it's not real it's complete it's completely phony so there's i i mean that's crazy that it blew that, me away right well i i kind of did that i think like I, i'm like well i'm having sex you know like could be worse right could be having right. sex yeah, yeah. That's just the truth. Like, I'm not going to deny it. Like, Absence? It, it, Check. You right, know, let's, yeah. let's go to porn. Right. Yeah. And, of course, like, I, I knew it was wrong. Right. Like, I, I know it's wrong. I knew it wasn't right. Like, of course, I asked God to forgive me. But it doesn't mean that, that like, the habit stopped. <laughs> it didn't. It was intermittent. You know, it wasn't like this, like, crazy, like, nonstop thing. But for me, it was like, well, like, I guess I, I'm not hooking up with girls right now. So, I guess that's a plus. You know? And, oh, yeah. I know <laughs> it's fake. I know it's fake. But your mind still wi- is wired to believe that that's oh, how it works. Absolutely. You still have to unwire things. And it's it's really tough to unwire those things. So mm-hmm. Especially when it's so easily accessible, Oh, too. my goodness. Like you said, walking through the mall. I mean, there's temptation everywhere. Hello, Victoria's Secrets. I mean... Right. have a close family member who does not want to go to the mall or take their kids to the mall for fear that they might look in a window and see a mannequin that's half nude. Right. To it's, a degree, I don't it's blame It's understandable. Them. Right, right. But at the same time, yeah, as adults, we kind of got to understand, okay, yes, we, we realize you're wearing that underneath there. It's okay. You have to be mature about of it. Of course. But, well, I mean, look, listen, as men, I, I never buy the, well, her shirt was too low. It's her fault. I never buy that excuse. Like, you're a man. Man up. Control yourself. Like, look, guys get urges. There's no doubt. Guys have initial reactions, but you get to a point where you can, where after that initial like instinct, you can control the rest of that. And right. so I don't want to hear, well, her shirt was too low. That's just not an excuse for me. Like, you need to grow up. You need to man up. You need to, you need to own that quickly. You know, which is why I keep my head down when I pass through the mall or, or, or that part of the mall. You know, because I just I don't need to see it, but that's my choice. He's just, he's just watching all the yoga pants. Is yes. that another podcast? Yeah. <laughs> the yoga pants. I, I remember We're not listening, getting into that. Okay. Listening to a sermon given by an older gentleman, and he was just making that point. He was like, "Yeah, I understand the culture that we live in. There's billboards. You're driving down the road. You're paying attention, and you see a billboard." He's like, "The way I see it, the first look isn't a sin." The second look is right when you look back and you say, "Hmm, I right. kind of like that." Right, and you go back to indulge your fantasy. Now, yeah, that's that's where, as you're saying, man up and control yourself. Right. Don't look back. Right. Don't say, "Hmm, I wonder, did I really see what I saw?" Well, you're you're in covenant with your wife at that point, or in my, you know, or whoever it is, you know, like at that point, like you owe it to someone else to be accountable for those things because that stuff is really. I mean, pornography, sexual addictions, that stuff destroys marriages. Like, people have, have gotten divorced over those things because the guy or girl can't stop doing those things, right? right? So it's it's super damaging stuff. But in the, in the dating world, especially when you're dating someone, you know, I can see more and more how those things that you do in your private life are going to carry over into that dating relationship real quick. You know, if you're used to kind of getting any kind of physical gratification whenever you want, how do you learn how to develop habits like self-control? You really don't. That fruit you is know? important. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really difficult. In fact, I I can see more than more than ever when I'm married, it's not going to be like some you know like you know physical fest whenever I want. You're like, oh, I'm in the mood. So are you all the time. How convenient. Like, it's not how it works. You <laughs> oh, know? it's like that all the time. <laughs> you know, if she's not in the mood or something, you have to control yourself and just deal with it, and that's and, and move on. You know, but in in our world of instant gratification, we're just so used to I have a need. Oh, I'm going to fill that need right now and go on my phone or you know right. whatever it is, and that. It's a bad habit to build, especially for a marriage. Mm-hmm. And that, well, I will definitely get into this when we go into this topic more. But it's, it's really that selfish attitude. I need this, so I'm going to get it. And we bring that into our marriages. We bring that into our relationships. And if someone else isn't fulfilling our need for us, then it's really their problem. You're not doing this. This is your biblical duty to do that. Yeah, well... I- a big part of it on my end was as a church kid, I was told that waiting is worth it. And I believed that, but I was kind of sold this bill of goods that said, oh, trust me, it's the most amazing thing you're ever going to experience. It's so worth the wait. True love waits. Yeah, true love waits, and it's going to be unbelievable and blow your mind. No one told me that I'm, on my wedding night, if my wife's a virgin, it's going to hurt her. No one told me that, you know? It will. I found out. Yeah, I know that now as an adult, <laughs> but that's just the truth. Like, I, I was... Those things were never communicated, you know, like, listen, sex is a two-way street. You know, those conversations were never told. Right. It was just like, oh, it's so worth the wait. It's worth the wait. It's, it's going to be amazing. And so, like, you kind of feel like, okay, once I get married, I can have sex. And you kind of build this, like, mentality of, well, marriage and sex are just, they're equal things. Like, if I get married, mm-hmm. then I can have sex. That's why I'm getting married. We make an idol of sex. And mm-hmm. I've known people who were Christians who had sex outside of marriage felt guilty and got married because of it only to get divorced later on. Yeah. Yes. I know that sounds right. crazy, but I know, I know that happened to someone it's, and it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, it's hard to preach about sex. You don't hear a lot about it from a lot of churches that you will visit. They don't know how to deliver it in a, I guess, quote unquote, safe manner. Um, and especially in youth groups though. I mean, like, I mean, I grew up on, they did separate guys and girls. They did talk about certain deep issues. Right. But one thing I don't think they talked about kind of switching over here is men being leaders. I right. mean, they never really address that at such a young age, I guess, because they're, you're not ready to handle it. I don't know when you're ready to handle it or not and who's the judge, but that was an important issue. I mean, and I was never, I mean, I, I saw the men in leadership positions, but they never had a transition period and, and they kind of let things go. And I think that's kind of that college age where you, you know, let go and you always come back. Where they say, oh, when you finally come back, we'll teach you how to be a leader. And by then, it's yeah. sometimes it's too late. Well, absolutely. So how do you lead your women? It, it, well, it's part of that more, it's part of that like squeaky, squeaky clean, like morality church culture. Like, oh, we can't talk about sex. It's a dirty thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's really biblical and holy and it's great. God made It's God thing. ordained. Mm-hmm. In the garden, God said, be fruitful. He's saying have sex. That's what he's telling Adam and Eve to do. God oh, himself yeah. is telling his creation Go ahead and get it on. Like, it's a biblical I made holy thing. you for this. Right. I made this. Right, which is why physically, obviously, it works that way, right? Should bury Manilow now, <laughs> But for some reason, the church feels, like, awkward or weird. And I don't know why because it's perfectly normal. It's a normal human thing. It's, it's 100% biblical. It's holy. And it's important to talk about. But I feel like when you grow up in a, in a culture of... Oh, like we don't say bad words or we don't say taboo words or, you know, no one talks about, you know, like the words boobs or butt or penis. Like we don't say those things. It's like, <laughs> he guys, just said that. It's guys, like they're normal. It's, I don't why. They're human body parts. Like it's okay. We treat them like normal things, you know. But we but, do have to be somewhat politically correct. Boobs. Really, Tim? <laughs> oh, boobs. sorry. Breasts. Thank you. All right. My, my apologies. Sorry. <laughs> Much better. Didn't want to be, yeah, I, I want to be correct about that. But We don't want to offend those female listeners. No, there. absolutely not, but. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Um, I I agree, man. The leadership thing is huge. You know, yeah. You become you'll be a leader when you come back. Well, I'm gone. I never had a leadership foundation anyway to build mm-hmm. off of. Mm-hmm. I made all these mistakes. I have no idea who to even talk to. So I tell my youth pastor I'll be kicked out of leadership, quote unquote. You know, or whatever it is. I, I've thought about that before. True. Like, yeah. man, if, if my youth pastor knew how physical I was with, with with my first girlfriend, I don't know what he would have said. You know, like, I don't know. So even though I felt guilty about it, I didn't know who to go to about those things. You know, like, who do you go to without feeling like, oh, this you're a terrible person instead of someone who's willing to walk with you through those. Show the same grace. Yeah. And kind of walk with you. Like, listen, this isn't okay. But how do we how do we help you with it and get you through it instead of just saying it's not okay? Like, I know it's not okay, but how do I fix it? Mm -hmm. That's the key. 
Hmm. Yes, Rob, is that your way of filling up the blank space in this room? No, it's just a lot of deep thoughts. I know. We're almost out of time. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. <laughs> You're looking at... So Rob's wife brought in some pizza for him maybe a half hour ago. And poor Rob is just sitting there right in front of him, steaming. Looks delicious. <laughs> I bet it's pretty tempting. It is. This is a great way to exercise self-control. It, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he does practice. this every night, actually. <laughs> She comes in, brings food, and lays it in front of him and says, you cannot eat this. It's a little game we play. A little game. So, Russell, given that you were some horrible teenager and, in, 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 you know, young adult in your 20s, by your own admittance. Yes. Um, what, what advice do you have for, uh, for other people who, I would say, would identify as a Christian, yet either are struggling with or have no problem with, you know, some of the things, some of the things that we, we were talking about? I will say, first off, it's important, even if you... Find a friend to keep you accountable, or or just find somebody that you trust who is a who is a follower who claims to be another follower. Talk about the issues. It's always good to get a, a second opinion in there and to find somebody to talk to um, before you go to your significant other to talk about it. Sometimes you need that third unbiased party, which is kind of where counseling comes into. But somebody you can trust, and there's plenty of people out there that somebody can you can find somebody to trust. But you gotta you gotta be actively pursuing it. Um, and that's my first word of advice, really, to those who who need that counseling to Christians. Uh, the second is you, you got to step up. You got to want it. And self control is is number one. Um, that's the hard part. Now to exercise that, you that's tough. But it all starts with the word. You know, you got to be in it. And the more you're in it, the more you're going to get out of it, and the more you're going to apply it. And there's like my grandmother says this to me. She said. When I was younger and, you know, to this day, she's like, nobody comes to Jesus through conviction anymore. And, you know, it, it, it's true. There, there's not a lot of that because we're so PC now, you know, and I'm going to tell you, don't be PC. I mean, Jesus was not PC. So you got to kind of ask the bold questions to get the bold answer sometimes. Thank you, Papa Russell, <laughs> for those words of advice. <laughs> you can thank my nanny. <laughs> Thanks, nanny. Nana. Is it a nanny or a nana? Mine's a nanny. Mine's nana. Mine's grandma. You guys are weird. Yeah, nanny, definitely. nana? Ugh. I get God. a meemaw on the other side. What? What? Yeah, meemaw. Is that a southern thing? Must be. Must be, right? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. All right. Well, anyway. I got nothing else. You got anything else, Rob? Oh, I got one thing. I got one thing. Oh, go ahead, Russell. Because Rob decided to call me out earlier, so I got something to call him out. Oh, on. boy. Oh, so, here we go. Grace, I see. Go yes, ahead. Grace. Yes. Uh, this is from kind of the last podcast. I was, I was listening to Julia talk about, you know, the reasons that we share a Facebook on social media account and, and the good and bad. And I'm like, so what separates a Facebook account from a Pinterest and Instagram and everything else that's not shared? What makes it one better than the other? I'm just curious because I didn't quite understand That's it. That's a great question, Rob. Why don't you guys share Pinterest and Tumblr and Instagrams <laughs> and MySpace? Snapchats. And Snapchats? You guys have one Snapchat. I don't have any of those things, so. <laughs> That's terrible. That's a ter- Where's your accountability? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As he walks out of the room carrying yeah, pizza. Right, right. <laughs> with, with his pizza. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, everyone, um, this was a quite a good episode, I feel like, personally. We'll have to listen to it back and hear how dumb we sound. You ever do that? <laughs> you listen back to the podcast and you're like, I sound like an idiot. And at the time you thought, oh, this is such a great yeah, thought. I can't so wait profound. to get this out. And you say it and you're like, I'm so dumb. I am so dumb. No, I don't, I don't even know what that word means. Yeah. What do you hear? Oh, my gosh. Even hearing yourself talk, like, you sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> So as far as I can tell, this was a good episode. Only time will tell. Yeah, it was a good good so discussion. We listened back, we edited it, put some music in there, make it all cool sounding and appropriate. But yeah, I feel like it was a good discussion for sure about dating. And I think we have one more one more piece to this puzzle, which will probably happen either next week or the week after. And then we're going to move on to um, probably politics. We'll yes. Have to hit politics. I will host that one. Oh, wow. You know what? Maybe that's where the controversy comes in. We talk about about being are, are you a liberty man? Did you come from Liberty? Did I go to Liberty? Yeah, did you go to Liberty? No, I did not go oh, to Liberty. Okay. I went to a public state college. For some reason <gasps> I thought you did. No. Well, East Carolina he's, University. You know, Jerry Go Pirates. Caldwell, you know, the oh, great yeah. Christian leader. Oh, yeah, of you know, George and Trump. So, oh, I can't he's the wait best to talk Christian about that. in the whole world. 
Both Trump and Jerry Falwell. I'm going to rip that microphone. Out of out of two Corinthians, right? Is that <laughs> right? They're probably going to be the two prophets in the book of Revelation. <laughs> it's going to be Jerry Falwell and Donald Trump. Well, you know, Donald Trump's book is second only to the Bible. That was a close one. second, though. <laughs> <laughs> on that political note, we're going to move on. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening into this episode of the Coffee Theology and Jesus podcast. As always, if you want to share this episode or if you have any feedback for us or comments, please tell us on Facebook or at our email address, which is podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com. Can we get that abbreviated like CT? You realize JP? I'd have to then change the web address <laughs> right. to our website. So easily. Just go ahead and get that done. Snap, snap. Good. I've only paid for it for the next, like, three years. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure you get your money back, so it's customer service. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so you can email us there. But uh, thank you, Russell, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. We, 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 need, no problem. we need ratings. It was, a lot of gra- it was grace. Honestly. We need ratings and comments on iTunes. That's what oh, we Oh, we need. do? Yes. Okay, we need ratings and comments on iTunes. So please bolster our ratings by rating us um, over a three. If you're if you're not gonna, if you're gonna rate yeah. under <laughs> under a three, don't just don't bother. Right. We, we don't. It's like having a bad Yelp review. Oh, right. It kills your business. It kills it our kills business, it. and we make a lot of money doing this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we are. I mean, as of, right now, I'm sitting on a couch made out of money. That, that's how rich <laughs> we are. Yeah. yeah, my microphone is solid. 24 karat gold all the way through. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting uh, singles all yeah. over them right now. Singles. <laughs> that's Single play. Benjamins. Hey, yeah. What up? All right. Anyway, everyone, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, We'll catch you guys as soon as possible. Have a great rest of your week, whatever week this is you're listening to. Um, If it's morning, have a great morning. Afternoon, have a great afternoon. Night, good night.